Virginia is for eaters and drinkers, all kinds of eaters and drinkers, for oyster shuckers and slurpers, winery samplers or all-day wine drinkers, brewery hoppers and distillery sippers, for those who order grits and those who order cheese grits. We all know what the right way to order is. For barbecue triers who turn into finger lickers and meat off the bone suckers. All right, all this talk of food is making me hungry. I gotta go get some mac and cheese. Like I was saying, Virginia is for all sorts of food lovers. So come love it for yourself. Do you know what people see when they Google you? Search engines don't always get it right. And when they're wrong, it's your reputation on the line. So what do you do when you don't agree with your search results? Call Reputation Defender at 855-432-4905. Reputation Defender is one of the most trusted names in online reputation repair. We have over a decade of experience in fixing people's search results, and we can help you too. Using cutting-edge approaches, Reputation Defender pushes unflattering information down to lower pages of your search results, where few people ever look. We also promote the good stuff so that it rises to the top, letting you put your best foot forward. Your good name is too valuable to leave to the whims of a Google algorithm. You owe it to yourself to take control with Reputation Defender. Visit www.reputationdefender.com or call 855-432-4905 for free advice on your situation. That's 855-432-4905. Good morning, listeners. This is Jim the Keys Bartender. Welcome to the Keys Bartender Podcast. Well, it's as sh- oh, the, it sounds like my train has come in. There's someone in the neighborhood with one of those horns, and it's a train whistle. It's pretty, pretty neat down here. I mean, a hundred years ago, or less than a hundred years ago, that wasn't probably an unheard of sound. I don't know what the... I'm sure the whistles sounded similar. But there was where the main highway is here in the Florida Keys was a railway that went all the way down. Passenger and freight. Designed and built by Henry Flagler. I think that's his name, Flagler. And... You know, it's kind of nostalgic when you think about that. You hear that short, short burst of train whistle. But as I said, it is, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the previous podcast, we are down in these, it's uh, a nice change of pace. It's chilly, got the windows open. Actually have a long sleeve shirt on, so wearing shorts. It's not, it's not uncomfortable. And it's nice. It's nice to have a bit of chill in the air. I guess it kind of sucks for you if you're visiting here, but, you know, to everyone's life, some rain must come. In this case, it's cooler weather. And we still, we're getting our snowbirds coming in. I'm doing my side gig, which is, well, this is one of my side gigs, as well as, I haven't done notary in a while, the notary work. My spin class has picked up. I'm doing an additional class Monday and Friday, 9 a.m. And I'll tell you, it's nothing like uh, getting in early, doing a little warm-up. I try to do a little... I've been working out a lot, trying to strengthen my core, getting older. 
I know just from experience, I see what people look like as a bartender, as a spin instructor. I know a lot of guys kind of neglect that area. They always, you always want to, they want their bodies to look good, right? But they don't work out on their gut, right? So every time I go to the gym, I try to spend at least 10 minutes working on that mid-drift area, doing some, you know, a bunch of sit-ups, a lot of back lifts, using some of the cable weights there, and the side, get the, the hips done and all that stuff. Because, yeah, guys want big shoulders, big arms, big chest, and I do work out that. I want to be somewhat proportional. But my main thing is to strengthen that core, and I realize my back is so much better for it. And spending some time stretching at the end. So take care of yourself and it will take care of your body and your body will take care of you. I wanted to talk about one classic cocktail that you don't see too often. I just want to throw that in. The Gimlet. The Gimlet was always my favorite. And what the Gimlet is, is it's just either traditionally gin or vodka now. With lime juice, fresh lime juice. I or, or Rose's lime juice. I grew up, grew up. I was in my 20s when I start, first started sampling those. I don't do it anymore because, you know, hence I'm an alcoholic and I don't drink anymore. But I don't have a problem talking about the drinks. I, I am the Keys bartender. I'm not the Keys bartender meaning capital T, capital H, capital E, but I'm the keys bartender when it comes to the pit podcast. So a gimlet is the martini with lime juice without the dry vermouth. I like using fresh lime juice, just a little, and that's the way it originally was built, not that the Rose's lime juice. Rose's lime juice has a little sugar in it, kind of a I guess a more mellowed taste you don't get as much sour in it and you get a little too much sweet I think and Rose's lime juice if you're not careful about using it in a prompt you know you don't get a, a lot of usage of it out of it it tends to turn brown it gets a little rancid a rancid looking so what you do with that I'm going to say for a martini is Two ounces of gin or vodka with a quarter ounce or less of fresh lime juice shaken with ice and poured straight up. Now you can do, obviously you can do it on the rocks, but I have, I have a tendency to feel that it gets a little watered down. You can always get the dirty ice on the side and just throw a couple cubes in it so it doesn't get too wonky watered down. But it's a nice, refreshing drink. You really It's hard to screw up. The only way you screw it up is to put too much uh, lime juice in it, unless it's to your taste. Everyone has a different taste. I've been messing around with people say, I want something a little sweet. So what they, I would do is make a, like, a little limeade on the side using simple syrup to sweeten that up. Make fresh limeade and put that in. So, 
It's a great drink. You can make a cooler out of it, too, if you expand it, meaning expand it. You don't put any more liquor in it. Actually, if it's a cocktail, you'd want to put like one and a quarter ounce gin or vodka. Remember I said before, if you're making your own drinks, and I made plenty of my own drinks, normally you're your own worst bartender because I had a tendency, at least I can only speak for myself, that I overserved myself a bunch of times. And I am the worst. I'm the worst server and the worst bartender when it comes to serving myself. I have a tendency to go too large on my portions, and that's liquor or food. But as I get older, I realize that I'm going to help myself in the end. I had to nix the alcohol because I never made the right decisions with that. I never did. I never did. And there's a lot of people saying, well, what do you think? You know, they question the... When you question a behavior that never went well for you, like if you dated, if you only dated adult entertainers, and you say, well, all the girls they date seem to have drug problems and stuff like that. And I'm not saying all adult entertain, female adult entertainers have drug problems and things like that. But they probably have a higher than normal. And there's probably someone can do a statistic to show, well, actually female accountants have much more abuse problems when it comes to substance abuse. Well, you just got to change the way you look at something. And that goes well with what I want to talk about a little today. And that was reality. What we see. And what we perceive as something that goes on. In many situations, especially in restaurants, you can hear something going on. Especially as a, a person who works in the service industry. We get the opportunity to see a lot of different people during the course of the day, as in a lot of people in a lot of different industries. But we see volume. We see volume. Now, the busier it is, I have a feeling that we get selective of what we watch. So I'm in a place where I can pretty much get in my at my bar and at my lounge tables and stuff like that I can get a pretty good general sense of who's there and what's going on though I've been remiss sometimes and missed some things like heated discussions occurring and I did not know that it occur and sometimes I would maybe wrongly surmise what is actually going on when I see it I have some locals who are acquainted with me, and when they talk to each other sometimes, they're on a friendly basis with locals that are friendly with each other or acquainted with each other is probably more correct. Start talking. And the volume and the way they're speaking seems as if they're being aggressive to each other. And I have one in particular who just gets super aggressive, but it's his... Kind of his go-to voice when he's doing something, you know, when he's doing another, you know, he's bullshitting. He can only do that aggressive voice. He doesn't have a 
uh, I, my feelings hurt or mysterious voice or secretive voice or all these different characters. He has two characters. Friendly, funny, or three characters. Friendly, funny, funny and mad. And, and the, the mad character is, is one of his phony personas he puts on. And, it's, and he does it on purpose. He's not doing it to fake anybody out or anything like that. He just does, that's his character. And it sounds real, though. Every time you hear it, it sounds real. He's not selling the bullshit thing sometimes. Like, oh, I'm just shitting. Sometimes he seems like he's bothered and hurt. So I don't always know what's going on. So that's the reality. Sometimes you see people come in at the bar and you say, well, they could be husband and wife. They could be father, daughter. They could be uh, work friends. And it doesn't have to be all opposite sex. Two women come in. One could be more masculine than the other, and you assume that they're a couple. And that doesn't always square with reality. We don't know what's going actually going on. You can see people that may seem to be standoffish and angry with, with each other, and they're not talking to each other. Well... I'm only receiving the cues that I can get. So I don't know what's going on in their heads. And you'll never know. You really never know everything that's going on in someone's head. They can even tell you you don't know. I don't necessarily know what's going on in my head, as you could probably tell by listening here. And if you think about it, if you really break down reality, and it's... We have these senses, sight, hearing, smell, touch. Now, for those of us that see, we can see and we can get some physical cues from that. We have hearing. You could tell by someone you know in change in personality or feelings or or type of an emotion there. You get smell that helps you. Sometimes it's even unconscious to kind of smell. Someone smells good or someone smells bad. Right? And then finally, touch. And touch, you know, just when you touch something, you think, well, that's definitely real. Things like that. But that doesn't always go hand in hand. All the, No pun intended. Not everyone gets... To do all four of them, you only get one. But think of this sight. Think of sight, our eyes. Eyes aren't, um, we characterize eyes as the lens of the person. You're just receiving light information. How are we receiving information, though? You have eyes. They're open to the world. They don't even actually see everything. They don't see everything. There's uh, cones and rods. We know that's part of that make up vision. And we get receive signals from our retinas goes directly to our it goes directly or indirectly to our brain and it's interpreted. These we interpret shapes and movement. But there's big blank spaces in there. Like when you look at your peripheral vision. When you start out, 
your per- peripheral vision on the sides, when you ever do that test where you go and you start with the fingers at the side of the head, kind of behind the ear, and then you start bringing them around. And when you start seeing them, you could tell that they're coming around. But you don't really see in detail in those corners. You're getting kind of a general... From what I understand, and this is from the the one uh, one of the books I read, was that we're just filling in the blanks. It's you, your brain telling you this is what's there over in that area, and what I see that is low and straight with some things coming up is a table. Because I remember seeing the table, and I expect the table to be seen there. If you walk in a new room. And you're looking straight ahead. You may not have a really good idea what is on either side because your brain had, did not map it already. So it's filling in a lot of blanks. So sight does fill in blanks. It recognizes things that it's used to seeing. When someone sees something they're not used to seeing, the brain does not put it in a category. UFOs. Something popping into your vision real quick. You say, what was that? I have no idea what that was. Because your brain isn't telling you what it was. Because it doesn't know. It knew, it may know that it saw a movement of something. So if you walk into an, if you walk into a room that you've never been before, and let's say it's a room full of, um, I don't want to call it clutter, but it's full full of objects. Different objects. Not all the same. Like if you walk into a room and there's a bunch of photographs sitting and you'll just say there's a bunch of photographs sitting there. And these are all frames of photographs. But if there's cuckoo clocks and Yadro statues, Hummels, uh, little puzzles like wire puzzles, those metal puzzles too, the little decision equilibrium balls that people have on executive desk and different objects that are incongruent, not the same. On If you kept on walking in and that you didn't really catch a direct sight of what's on the left and the right, your brain will see it as clutter and not sure exactly what it is. Put something new off to a side. Have someone place something off to the side new at the outskirts of your field of vision, your periphery, and see how that happens. Same thing goes for sound. Think about a conversation. Your brain will overhear things, and you've heard, we've all heard things, and your brain is certain that it heard that. It heard someone say, something and it was something different. A lot of times a paranoid brain will tell you that they're talking about you. And that's, uh, it could be the case or not be the case. Someone could be looking at you while they're talking to someone else, especially if you're in the service industry or your focal point is something, but they're talking about something completely different. They could be focused. There could be several reasons why they're looking at you. They could be trying to get your attention because they like you or trying to get something from you. 
Or just wondering what you're doing. It's just occupying one of their senses while they're talking to someone. They could get, they could like the way you look or something like that. But once they start, their lips start moving and you hear some noise, your brain will search out to try to hear what they're saying. If you are trying to understand that. I think we hear there's a... Uh, that's a bluebird, one of our bluebirds. You don't normally get to hear that stuff in the background, I guess, because we don't always have the windows open. Yes, when you talk about that, that smell. I'm, I'm going to delve into smell for a little while, but there's noise. I know that's a bluebird. I know it's trying to get my attention. There's a feeder out front and a, a bird feeder which we get to kind of hear. I hear also in the background, I hear uh, chainsaws. And I know someone's probably clearing a property because there's a lot of construction going on in my neighborhood. So, but when it comes to conversation, we have a tendency to probably, just like with vision, the vision gets his blanks filled with the brain fills it in and says, well, that must be a toy. That must be a, a statue. That must be a thing. Hearing, that was this these words. And our subconscious fills it with this thing what we th- imagine would be those words. If it's a foreign language, then, and you don't understand that foreign language, that would be a good thing. You don't know you have no idea what they're talking about. Sometimes when I work with people who, I work in an industry where a lot of people speak Spanish. And after interacting with people, and sometimes not necessarily in a positive way, if you hear some strong language popping out, it's usually something about you. You think. But who knows? Now, smells are all different things. Smell, you smell. And you, you, you may interpret it as smoke, as this. I smelled this smell before. This is when someone shit their pants. Or this is spoiled, this is spoiled milk smell. Or this is insecticide. Or this is smoke. That's reality. And, and touch. And touch has probably more the concrete thing because if you were able to look at something, you could tell, this is hard, this is soft, this is rough, this is smooth. And there's the senses that we judge reality on, right? And then the biggest one is our brain that interacts with all these senses and interprets or misinterprets more exact what actually is going on because that direct when it comes to sight we know when we've seen things on television just or in the movie theater when someone's flying they're not actually flying there's special effects and all those things special effects if they can fool our eyes there's things that happen in in life just like a mirage 
on a heat surface, you see the heat ray waves coming off a hot surface, and it looks like a reflective water. It's reflecting an image, and that's actually heat waves. But when you're really thirsty in a desert, a lot of your brain is saying, I'm looking for water. I realize that that's a mirage. But I want it to be water. And your brain just overrides it and said, that's got to be water. It better be water because we need water. I'm thirsty. Or that girl's talking about me, blah, 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 blah. She's real. She, she's, I think she's into me. I hear what she's saying. She's talking at me. She's smiling at me. She's not being nervous. Smiling. Your brain's interpreted wrong. I'm horny. That girl loves me. No, she doesn't. But reality has really turned its on its head when people start believing things that are outrageous. And just this past week, a group of people, hundreds of people, I hesitate to say thousands, but I'll say hundreds, gathered in Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas. Close to, I think, November 22nd, 23rd was Kennedy's, John F. Kennedy Sr. assassination. And they were going to wait for the return. And it was either John F. Sr. or John F. Jr. John F. K. JFK Jr. or JFK Sr. I, I heard... Different stories because obviously when you get a, an interesting conspiracy theory, and this is where conspiracy turns into belief system, almost religious, it's pseudo-religion. Once you believe someone, they say, well, he wasn't really dead all, all along. He, he couldn't come back, JFK Jr. He would be, gosh, he's a, a year or two older than me, wouldn't he? He'd be about he'd be about sixty years old, JFK Jr. If I'm not correct. Be yes, yeah, sixty, sixty-one. He would be. He died over twenty-something years ago, and he's supposed to come back, and or senior make declare. The former president is a king and king of kings. Uh, and he would become president again. And JFK Jr. would become the vice president. Then he would step down as president and JFK Jr. would come and assume the presidency. And he'd bring back Michael Flynn as the vice president. Now, as weird as this sounds that because JFK Jr. died in a plane crash with his then newlywed wife and I think his sister-in-law when he was flying a brand new twin engine plane that he wasn't really well acquainted with. I remember, I remember he crashed it. It was someplace up north. It could have been... off the coast of Massachusetts or, or, or New York or something like that. 
And then they just brought this back and said, oh, he's not really dead. Just like Elvis wasn't really dead. dead. Remember the longest time of Elvis not being dead? Or Bigfoot. People are ready to hear and believe whatever they can believe. There's a guy, and I don't want to get in a pissing contest. I don't think Mormons listen to this podcast. If you are listening to this podcast, you probably... I don't know. I don't know. If you're able to believe that some guy in the 1800s, who prior to discovering his religion, Joseph Smith, was a con man, a questionable reputation, was approached, I don't know what order it was, by the angel called Moroni. Moroni. Probably met an Italian man. He says, well, that sounds very foreign. Could be almost Angelica Moroni. That's your angel named Moroni. And then got these gold plates that you can only see by looking through a hat that has magic reading stones in the bottom. All real. All really, uh, let's say, reported. And he recited the basis for the offshoot of uh, this Christianity and created a religion where people were able to believe it and accept it and accept this person as the herald of the supreme being. And it happens all the time. Charlie Manson did it. The guy from, who was that? Fa and La, or I think they were called from the the asteroid cult in the 90s. I think it was the 90s. I even forget. They, all the people wore the same New Balance sneakers and sweatsuits and, or track suits, and they ended up uh, taking poison together when... Haley Bopp comet was coming around because Haley Bopp was hiding a air, uh, spacecraft that they would be all taking on and taking back to the some place in the universe. And people will believe these things. And we have and it, okay, don't don't get pissed off though. Don't get pissed off what I'm about to say, but. Thousands of years ago, we get spotty information about people. And we build a belief system around them. Because other people wrote stories about them. And not all the stories match up exactly. They're similar. Similar stories. But wouldn't that be... Similar stories for rumors or conspiracies. Don't people have them? It's just like how crazy this Dealey Plaza thing where they expected J.A.F. Jr. or Sr. to come back because I heard both. And that sounds like where there's other people are interpreting these these theories or conspiracies that is almost everything in conspiracy theory then every belief system and you get to believe if you get a large enough people to believe in it and they build that their their system around it 
and you have to either be. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400 horsepower Nissan Z, or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. A believer or a non-believer, and if they're united enough and strong enough, they can point out that you're a heretic or unbeliever. If you have believed and then you don't believe, I think sometimes that's even worse than having never believed before. Um, plenty of religions will call you, uh, they call you an apostate if you were a former Martin Luther who put on the 95 Thesis. I forget, in some church in Germany. Not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, a Roman Catholic monk railing against the abuses of the the later Middle Ages or early uh, early Renaissance church and built a new belief system around it. Using the book that the church they're accusing of See, they they build a belief system and then they believe a uh, build, sorry, an infrastructure around it. And the infrastructure are the churches or mosque or the hierarchies they build. And people say, well, I can work within this structure and I can become one of the main proponents of it. It's much like a political organization. Political organizations are built that way, that you have to give... I'm sure there's people in political organizations that are Republicans and Democrats that don't necessarily believe the things that they're saying, but they're certainly propagating the ideas that come about. You know, anti, uh, anti-vaxxers, pro-vaccine where in the uh, anti-vaxxer light the in on the soft side it's you can't prove that this stuff's going to help you and actually sometimes it's worse to the extreme where people say oh this is the way they're going to get us the mark of the uh, antichrist the mark of the devil the mark of the demon or whatever they call it it's contrarianism so you can either, when it comes to belief systems and conspiracies, once they get to a certain size of you, you can either go along with it and become a person of weight inside a belief system. Or you can become a denier and also in a more far-flung belief system if it is, let's say, generally accepted that the world is, is round and it exists in a universe of other stars, planets, maybe life forms, and say, well, that isn't true. What it really is, is a flat earth 
with this, that, and everything you see is is a projection mainly. And then there's an extreme ones like that. There's being we live in a matrix, meaning there isn't anything out there. We're just one consciousness with distinct entities, billions of entities. Yeah, I know. So every for every conspiracy, there's ten other ones that are kind of crazy and stuff like that. And where there's big, <clears throat> big time believers, Elon Musk once was a proponent of the idea that reality is just a projection across the front of a black hole. It's information that exists. We are a program that's running. And if you believe that, I guess with him and say like this, if you act within that program and say, listen, I'm going to generate my own sub-program and I'm going to create billions and billions of dollars of, of wealth and products. And within the program, I will develop a space program, uh, develop uh, electric cars, home uh, energy. And there's people that will buy into that. And I have a feeling that it's more real than not real. But who's to say with reality and things like that? My dog's up and about. She is moving and walking up and downstairs. I do appreciate that. But that is reality to me. My dog is moving. I told you she isn't doing so hot. So, that, I mean, it sounds like a crazy idea, me, me mentioning Elon Musk and saying, if everything is the matrix... Why wouldn't the matrix be just as real as physical objects, as if we were all real, solid? If a program's running and we have distinct entities, how would that change our reaction? How would it change how we got sick? Whether the belief of being sick is the way it is, whether it's the belief in the program is is the one that's making it run. This big program, which is the earth, meaning that we exist and there's people that are bucking the program and they're saying, well, I want to tell you about one of the guys that are bucking the program. He may sound like an idiot, right? That's the first thing to say. I may sound like an idiot, but this is what's really happening. And we got tons of people doing that reality and stuff like that. You have to operate in a base system. And that's the one you accept. If it's too crazy, that system, they'll put you in a hospital. Or you live on the streets, whatever, because they don't do the hospital thing anymore. So if you're operating separately outside the norm and you don't have a core group of followers that are able to support your belief system, you're a lonely lunatic. But once you surround yourself, you can become a small cult like Manson and the cult can grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's why we have religious people that can go off the beaten path. Jim Jones in Georgetown building from one belief system, an alternate offshoot, or David Koresh. 
and they build these belief systems that benefit them. And sometimes they, I think they believe their own belief systems. I think the people that create them can, it's in, you're in danger of believing. Obviously your followers can, your followers can believe them, right? But I think sometimes the people that generate them, if they're not careful, can buy into their own bullshit. I do have a regular who comes in. We did mention on a bunch of episodes that he, he gets angry sometimes. He says, hey, will these people just wake up and know that everything's bull, bullshit. It's a psyop by government, blah, 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 whatever there is. If it doesn't fit with his thing that everyone should have a gun and the world is flat, and all the women on ESPN are masquerading as women, but they're actually men. You know, because he sees an Adam's apple. And he gets angry at it because it's his belief system. I guess it bucks, it makes that understanding, the things he sees. So when someone sees a pyramid, they believe one of the weird things is one of the, I think, founder of 8chan or 4chan or whatever it's called, uh, the real, uh, one of the big postulators of the new conspiracies that the the Freemasons put or Illuminati put a pyramid, whatever, they killed somebody. And they'll point out the like pyramid top buildings. So, I mean, the planet is 8 billion people, and there's people that die all over the place. So there should be pyramids everywhere, right? So anybody that has a four-point roof, they can rest assured that someone thinks, someone will drive by and say, oh, someone was killed here. Not because you, your architect decided that was a good structure to have. No, because that's part of their conspiracy theory. Now, one of the things I, I'm always afraid of to some people, I, I, this person that was flat earth, he told me many times, he goes, every time I tell you something, you come back with some crazy shit and you make it up. And I said, just because I don't stay on point when I make up stuff doesn't mean my stuff is less valid than your stuff just because you have more focused crazy ideas should I focus more on the genetically enhanced chickens you know who knows I may go and say hey listen you know the humans came about from an alien race came and made off with some livestock and they actually used the chicken as a basis for developing the building blocks for human beings. I could go on and on about that. But basis for reality, the new, the new ideas, I'm just thinking about. And I wanted to talk about this 
because I mentioned this to my father last week, was uh, several years ago, people started seeing UFOs off the coast of uh, the United States, and I'm sure they've been tracking them for a while. And it was unexplained movements of objects that don't obey the laws of physics, making sharp turns and speeding and from the dead stop on and things like that. It could be almost anything. Like I said, the eye and even the camera can misinterpret things. Who knows? We know with the radio telescopes, the um, with the SETI project, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, that when they get radio signals coming back, sometimes it could be quasars, it could be anomaly, it could be signals that come from a dying sun or from interaction with a black hole or whatever. And then we had an object go through our solar system. It was a long cigar-shaped kind of... It wasn't phallic necessarily, but they could have said... They said cigar shape. You know, when cigars is sometimes, I mean, they could have said penis, but they said cigar. But that's the reality. So they're saying, oh, this is just alien. This is alien tech going, making its way through our solar system camouflaged. Now, I imagine if some civilization could make it from one planetary system to the next that they would have the technology to not be seen because that would have to be a pretty advanced technology and then just say hey listen we'll do it we'll make it as crazy as possible because when you see something when they see something they may have studied some humans or humans perceptions and say when they see something they may interpret it as something else so we can come down as this we got to be careful because the last time we sent someone down um, the you know the skinny guy with long hair back in you know near near that dry place in the the center of their world, we put someone there to try to explain they build a religion around them. And all he tried to say was be nice to each other, treat each other like you want to be treated. You know, we sent, we sent that guy down and you figure, you know, he just be nice. Just be nice and we'll make sure that everyone has refreshments and things like that when they gather around. Don't have to pass on any technology. Just maybe it's code of living. Like we do. That's how we got to their system. And they said, well, that didn't work. They turned it into a religion and they started killing each other over it. So there's no good deed goes unpunished. So that's making the assumption, that's me making the assumption that if there is an extraterrestrial intelligence and it's out there that it's benevolent and it cares and it says, you know, we try, we try to really tell you through messaging how to do it. We tried it with maybe some of this pseudo mysticism and you built religions out of it and we try to guide them and you have people that just twist it and make it brutal and murderous and you try to rip each other off. Oh, 
you guys don't do it. Every time there's something, you guys just turn it into something crazy. And we try, we try to do it. We try to send you messages. You know, now you have broadcasts, and we say, well, we got some TV, but you got so many crazy TV shows, and you, you, you know, we try to figure things out, try to. How, I, we don't know how to get the message for you to treat each other well and to try to pull together. Maybe if you have to pull together to save the planet, that may do the trick. Maybe that'll do the trick. Maybe we'll point out that your, your planet's going to die. You have a thin envelope of atmosphere that you survive in, and you're still pumping poison into it. But there's going to be someone that's going to come and say, oh, well, it's not our fault. It's just what happens, and we can't do anything about it. Oh, maybe there's two sets. It's, maybe it's like a, one of those Job-level thing where God and the devil are competing over and say, listen, I'm a, you can give them good information. I'm going to give them bad information and see who wins out. And we'll try to be reasonable. I'll be one where I get, I'll empower, the devil says, I'll empower the people that are selfish and brutal. And you empower the people that are reasonable, peaceful, and cooperative. And let's see who works out. And see who wins the day. See who wins the day. That, that could be a thing. And it's just a big game. And they play this game because it's so boring. It's like putting two anthills near each other and say, well, which anthill will destroy the other? Or would they destroy both anthills? At the end of the day, saying, well, we're done playing with this. We're going to move on. Maybe we'll come back a little later and see how things are working out. And every so often, every so often they may say, hey, watch this. We'll go and try to reveal ourselves by coming in. They got all these advanced things, but they're not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to believe it once we come down. We'll come and do these crazy stuff. We'll blow up a volcano. We'll do some northern northern lights. We'll have things disappear and then they'll reappear. Who knows? So all these conspiracies just come out when you really boil it down. You have to ex- be able to accept something as your basis for what reality is. And some people accept the reality that the Illuminati and the Freemasons are controlling the world. Me, on the other hand, I'm in more of a dynamic reality, meaning that there's corporations, governments, religions, and all these people all striving for their own piece of the pie. The Taliban, the Boko Haram in uh, Nigeria, the Catholic Church, Tesla, Amazon, a resurgent Russia, the Chinese, the United States, the European Union, different groups of people, all kind of trying to really advance their ideas. And they're all in conflict with each other in the end. If they can just get 
in front of Congress right now. Let's say we start in the United States. Say, what is our primary goal? Let's stop. Let's stop with the rhetoric. What is our primary goal today here in the United States? It's not to knock China down at peg or two. It's not to seize control of the world's resources, even though at times maybe we did participate in that. It is the betterment of our society, a healthy, a healthy body. If the United States is a body, let's say we're a person. Let's make a metaphor. The United States is a person and certain parts of the body aren't doing well. Other parts are doing really well. But the U.S. as a body is not doing well. And just say, well, what, what do we need? Well, we need, the, we need good nourishment. We definitely need good nourishment. And we need to treat our illnesses. Can we, make our, can we treat our chronic illnesses, make ourselves healthy, and then we need food for the brain, so we have to be somewhat educated. Now, that's where the thing people say that education isn't necessarily the best thing. And they say, who's the, who's the arbiter of what's education? That's where you get the problem. Come on, we do want people to be educated. We don't need to accept. And then people say, well, all you have to do, and then there's going to be a group of people that say, all you have to do is accept Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior and then stuff like that. Everything good comes from it. And you say, okay, those people we cannot reach. And there's going to be some people that believe in that system and say, well, listen, we do still believe in education. Uh, that's our side thing, the Jesus thing. You can bring them in. I'd have to say that probably 60 to 70% of the people in the United States would say, listen, we want a well-educated, well-fed, healthy United States. Yeah, some bad things are going to happen. But generally, they're going to try, we're going to try to do our best to bring as many people along as we can. There are going to be some areas we always lose dead cells on the body, right? We're always sloughing off cells. Cells come off, hairs and all that stuff. I'm not calling people hairs and things like that, but that's people die day in and day out. There's other parts of the body you, you may be malignant you got to cut away but then you got a 30% of hardcore says nope this is the only way and it's not through intelligence it's not through eating it's not through the it's only belief in our belief system that is the thing that they're doing the best right now reality wise they're doing the best because they have the craziest idea and the craziest idea is believed by the small group of people that are walking lock, lockstep. While the rest of us are saying, fix the environment, fix the infrastructure, fix the education, fix the vaccine, go to space, build the military. We need more guns. By this 30% that say, we know exactly what and we're, we ha- we're all in the same message. on the same message defeats 70% of the people that are different. That are all diverging on their different belief system. Well, a healthy vegetarian uh, diet will make you healthy and this and that. 
So all these realities, all these conspiracies that came out and stuff like that, they're all moot. If you took the general health of society, health, if you believe a radical belief and converting everyone that doesn't want to, because it's doomed for failure. You're doomed for failure when you take a radical belief system and try to apply it to the rest of the people because the rest of the people aren't going to accept it. You may be able to fuck up the whole thing. You may be able to fuck up the whole thing by doing it, but you will not make it healthy. And I don't think they're in for it. They say, listen, just we just have to try because when we die, we got the ultimate reward. That's where we... We get fucked on that all the time. Because you get extremists that are willing to die and do stupid things. And we're not, we can't do it because we don't, we're not extremists. And we have full of doubt. We're full of doubt. People that are full of doubt, always going to be powerless against people that are for certain. For certain. They're for certain that all these things will happen. I know this isn't funny this week, but in some ways it's funny, isn't it? Because you got some crazy ideas and stuff like that. What can we do but laugh at it, can't we? All we can do is laugh at it because there's no way you're going to wake up tomorrow and convince your neighbor who's certain that Democrats have a pedophilia ring that's run out of pizza shops that they drink children's blood in order to stay young. How are you going to reach that guy? I don't know. How are you going to attempt to? You can bring him into your fold and stuff like that, and eventually you'll just get angry and go, nope, but don't accept it. Well, I'd like to thank you for listening. Oh, I went almost an hour. If you are one of those listeners that downloaded all those episodes in Newburgh, in Riverton, I'm talking New Jersey, Illinois, Wisconsin, Maryland. I appreciate what you're doing. Keep on doing it. I'd like to ask anybody who hasn't done it, please do it. And when I'm saying do, all I'm asking is to download as many episodes as you can. The more downloads we get, the more listeners, more exposure we get. And that's good for the show. And we did get listed. We're getting recognized. Recognized like um, a serial serial killer. You know? Yeah, we're getting recognized like that. So, oh, is this guy, are you still doing your blog or your podcast? Well, yes, I am. And I'm going to keep on doing it. You know what? It's a habit now. It was so hard to do the show today. Because I just didn't feel it. Now I got to go and take a shower. Let the dog out for a little while and then go work out. Take care of the body. That's the reality for me. But please, download as many episodes you can. Share the show with as many friends you have. This is not one thing, is it? The podcast. I'm selling it on my personality. You either like it or you don't like it. I understand if you don't like it. I'm not for everyone. Not everyone likes. So there's a, I just saw in the news today, uh, specialty soda, they do exotic soda, carbonated drinks. And one, they came out with a turkey and gravy soda. 
Yeah, it's a turkey and gravy soda. They also had a a pickle soda, which it's not as crazy as I think because people drink pickle juice. Uh, all different types of flavors and stuff like that. And for Thanksgiving. And people buy it. They buy it. I think most of the people that buy it, buy it either for a challenge where you buy it and you make someone drink this. Or they buy it because look at this fucking turkey and gravy soda. You know? Eventually they're going to do a blood soda, a vampire soda. Yep, I gave it to you right now. I gave you this thing. They're going to do a vampire soda. Or one that tastes like human flesh, a zombie soda. Right? Because you, I mean, I don't know Von is, I, I don't, zombies eat human flesh. And vampires drink the blood. I don't know why they don't get together. And then you can get a bone eater, someone that just eats bones. And I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not making a metaphor of bone as meaning fellatio. I'm talking about their bones, crunching their bones. So you make another creature. There's probably another, some monster in fiction thing that where they do that stuff, right? I mean, they would probably be from Philadelphia because I'm from Philadelphia and we have Scrapple. And if you don't know what Scrapple is, it's a byproduct of slaughtering of beef or pork and they take it and they put it in gelatinous mat, uh, mass and they, well, seasoned scraps. Scrapple. Scrap. Scrapple. Scrap bowl. So they make it into blocks and then we cut it up and we eat it. So yeah, I can see a thing where so you can have like a vampire and a zombie and whoever eats the bones looking at someone from Philadelphia chowing down on a big plate of scrapple which I've done before and being grossed out. And being absolutely grossed out. I guess you have other, uh, people have other things, Hagis and all this stuff, or what the um, Maasai tribesmen did with it. They do blood and milk. They mix together. There's all sorts of gross food and stuff like that. I don't know how I got there from asking you to download, but please download, meaning it's not for everyone. Scrapple's not for everyone, and the turkey and gravy soda is not for everyone. And there'll be the blood soda and the flesh soda and stuff. I think the blood soda probably will go first. I'm going to say, hey, listen, this is good blood. It's high in the iron and hemoglobin. I hope you're not eating when you listen to this. Thank you very much, and have a great day. This is Jim signing off. I'll maybe be back a little later. Bye.